Authenticity, curiosity, intimacy. These are important for success in your personal life. But they are also the foundations of a new mindset leading to true success, fulfillment, and happiness in business. A new business mindset is a series of conversations with business leaders in which they share the importance of real business relationships founded and based upon authenticity, curiosity, and intimacy. It is a show in which we learn how to cultivate a new business mindset and become more successful, fulfilled, and happy in our own careers. And now, here are your hosts. And welcome to the show. I'm delighted to be here once again with my co-host and very good friend, Mr. Todd Schnick. Todd, good day to you. Hello, Gareth. How are you, my friend? I'm doing extremely well. Good. It's finally turned to a little bit of winterish or fallish weather down here. Hopefully, it sticks. How about in uh, Chicago? How's it uh, going up there? You know, it uh, took a while, but we finally shifted into winter weather. So, uh, you know, that makes me very, very happy. Oh, I know it does. You know how much you like that. <laughs> Well, we have a, a really interesting conversation ahead of us today. I'm really looking forward to it. Before we introduce uh, today's guests, let's just, as we always do, Todd, just reflect for a minute on last week's conversation with Tina. Yeah, what an intriguing lady. I uh, really enjoyed the conversation with her. We talked about a lot of different things. The uh, the couple of items that I thought were interesting and stuck with me was this uh, her notion of the importance of making things. And she's talking about actually making things with your hands, this idea of all these ideas we have in our head, but we never actually push them out of our minds and into physical activity. It's so critical and such an important point. And finally, she talked about the real need for a sense of play, which I couldn't agree mm -hmm. with more. We don't have near enough of that in our lives today and, and uh, always an important theme to talk about. We have uh, talked about play before, and yeah, it is very important. I don't know that we've talked so much about physicality, and that's an interesting theme that I, uh, I'll i keep my eye on. I suspect that'll come up again and again from here on out, Todd. Very yeah, it was a very interesting conversation. Sure very was, sure was. So on to today's show. I am delighted to welcome Bill Watkins and Robert Mellon to the show today. They are two best friends of all things, and they are also business partners. They, um, for many years, heard about folks and businesses who really weren't reaching their potential, and they decided to go and help those individuals, and male individuals in particular, to develop a full, present, and fulfilled life. And I'm looking forward very much to having a conversation with these two about their lives together in business and in play. Bill, Robert, welcome to the show. Super happy to be on, Gareth. Thank you, Gareth, and thank you, Todd. And well, Todd, uh, you, uh, Chicago's uh, been partying for what a couple of weeks now. So, uh, glad, glad you broke off the, from the party and joined us the uh <laughs> the uh high rises here have just begun to shift their color schemes to uh, uh red and green for christmas and away from uh, red and blue of the cubs yes mm -hmm. there you go yeah, i'd forgotten that it's got to be a very exciting time up there it's been fun to be a part of that for sure mm -hmm. So let's start, Bill and Robert. Just tell us just a little bit about what you do for a living, and then we'll move on and uh, talk about, uh, so how did you come to be there? But tell us a little bit about your business first. Well, there, there, there was just this struggle between building and growing uh, successful businesses and uh, not sacrificing their family life. Um, most of our clients are married with children, and it's just a pressure cooker between building a great career, building a high-value business, and raising great kids and having a great marriage. And uh, Robert and I suffered from that ourselves through lots of uh, successes and a lot of wins and also lots of failures. We found a system. We discovered a way, a methodology and a mindset that 
enables the ability to have it all, to have the ethereal unicorn. You know, everybody says work-life balance, but very few people ever, ever, ever find it. It's like the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, but we did. And, you know, it took us a while to get our gears going. And that's why we jumped into wanting uh, guys, fathers, business owners, husbands to have it a lot earlier than we did. And we jump out of bed every morning because we're thrilled to be able to do this. And we talk to some of the most interesting, successful, and energetic uh, men on the planet. Before we jump to the pot of gold, and we'll get to the pot of gold, I'm sure. Robert, let's first talk about what Bill said. You suffered from the same yourself. So there's a journey in here that you both went through, and you would have gone through it individually as well as together from Mm -hmm. where you were. So talk Mm -hmm. about that experience. Well, interesting, Gareth, and good question. Back, um, I started in restaurants in the late 1970s and was in the restaurant business for about 20 years, maybe a little over, but I was all over the Southeast with several pretty large corporations and then went into software and did that for about eight years. And you think about the tough parts. I'm married, married twice, actually. My first wife, she was my third grade sweetheart. And we had three sons, ages 35 now, down to 28, but I lost my first wife to cancer back in 2005. So that was really, really tough. But while I was in the restaurant business, I worked a lot of hours. I was very dedicated to what I did, but I also had three sons at home. And that was hard, very, very hard to do. And I actually made the decision to stop the restaurant business because of missing too many sporting events and things like that. Like when everybody else is having fun, we're working our hardest. And so that's when I went into software. But back in 2002, I made a decision to, uh, I was just tired of corporate life. And I didn't really understand the entrepreneurial way. I wasn't exposed to that too much. But now I know that I very much had an entrepreneurial you know, heart. And I hired a coach. And uh, make a very long story short, five months after hiring this coach, I was out of the software business, a great business I thoroughly enjoyed, and started down my own path of um, speaking. I was a professional speaker for a, a little over 10 years and also coaching companies. But I found that everything I did before, Gareth, the restaurants and the software, all of that stuff that I learned through that helped me in what I do today. And so, you know, a message for your listeners would be no matter what you're doing, even if you don't like it, like I really like both of those businesses, but both of those businesses also sucked. If that makes sense to you, nothing's perfect. So there's going to be times when, I don't know, hang in there, even when you don't like what you're doing because you're learning and you're growing. But I would also direct you to go towards something that you have passionate about, passion for. Gentlemen, let me ask you this question. This Mm -hmm. idea of, Having it all and getting getting to the end of the rainbow and and getting that unicorn and and having the perfect life and why are we so afraid to go after that? I, I always feel like there's this societal or this cultural notion that how dare you do that and, and sacrifice other things to have it all? And I feel like there. I mean, Gareth and I have both gone through significant life transitions over the last several years, and and I had a lot of people kind of resist that to me and say, "Why are you making such big change to change your life? How dare you? I mean, just go with the flow and go with what we all expect you to be doing. Why are we so afraid to look at our lives and make the the change that is necessary to have it all? However, you define that. Let me just throw two things out: fear and comfort zone. Mm. 
comfort zone, I truly believe that after the age of uh, 18 or 22, we just get stuck in this comfort zone thing. And we're afraid to get out of that comfort zone because fear is on the outside of the comfort zone. If you like pictured a six foot circle, we get stuck in that circle. And only when you keep one foot out of the comfort zone by trying new things, do you get energy in your life. Last week, I was in Kenya, Africa kind of a crazy thing, but I think this would make sense to your people. When we went over there, we had no idea. I was over there for 10 days with a a group of six other men. We just had a great time, but we had no idea what to look forward to or or what was going to happen. It was a little bit scary going over there. What we found was very, very quickly, our comfort zone changed for the better. And things that were very unusual got usual very quickly. For example, seeing zebra which I know sounds crazy to you, but we saw zebra, we saw two or three zebra, we're like taking you know, pictures. By day seven, we'd seen so many zebra that we'd look out the, the window of the bus that we were in, it was like, ah, oh, they're just zebra, no big deal. you know. And that's the way life is, but you've got to get out of the comfort zone and experience new things before energy comes up and fear stops us from that, Bill? Well, Todd, the way I look at it is, um, if you remember the, the movie, The Matrix, I believe what is happening is that all of us are in this 24-7 CNN headline news sort of world, and it's not our fault. Just like um, in the movie, it wasn't anybody's fault that they were living in the matrix, totally not recognizing that they were in this man-made, this machine-made environment. It's not our fault. It's it, James Glick talks about it in his book, Faster. I mean, it's just this societal evolution that has happened that started right after the Industrial Revolution. And James chronicles the um, changes in our mentalities because of what's going on around us. So we were born into this world. It's the faster world. And it's ever increasing, according to Moore's law. And so we as humans are adapting. We as professionals are adapting. But we're in this this so-called man-made world whereby we're being told that, you know, you read uh, business magazines and you hear about people who can run 17 companies and do 500 things a day and they're uh, triathletes and they sleep two hours a day and we begin to hold them up as what we should be. That, that's what success looks like. So in the movie The Matrix, there were the, the freedom fighters, Mor- Morpheus and Trinity and, and, all, and Neo and all those guys, but there were just a few of them. And the matrix pushed back against them. And that's what's happening. People are going, no, 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 no. If you tell me that I'm living in a matrix, if you're telling me that what I'm doing is for naught, you're telling me that I actually could have it all? I don't believe you because I'm not going to accept it. I don't have it all. As a matter of fact, I'm stressed. I'm worried. I'm frenetic. I'm, I'm, I'm in chaos all the time. I always have guilt that I'm not doing enough everywhere. If I'm at home, I'm worried about work. If I'm at work, I'm worried about home. I never can get it all done. When I go home Friday, I'm exhausted. And you're telling me that you have it all? No, 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 no. That's just not okay. And so... It's a little bit of jealousy. It's a little bit, as Robert said, of fear. But what I tell anyone that will listen when I'm on my soapbox is you need to choose to be a freedom fighter. And you need to say, I will not accept that I'm going to have high blood pressure. I'm going to be 30 pounds overweight. I'm going to need pharmaceuticals to get me through the night. No, I'm not going to do that. And I'm going to find the people that do have it all 
and I'm going to find out what they're doing differently and I'm going to emulate it because they're no better than I am. You know, they put their pants on in the morning just like I do. So I think, Todd, it's a revolution that is what we're technically talking about. It's an easy way to jump into the revolution. I mean, all it is is a mind sh- a simple mindset shift and a couple of tools that Robert and I hand uh, anybody that'll listen. But I think there's that first leap where you acknowledge that this matrix that we're living in, the, what we call the faster matrix, is just a figment of our, yes, it's a figment. I mean, it's a reality that we live in, but that we're trapped in it is a figment of our imagination. And it's an acceptance of something that we should revolt against. How does uh, somebody find that belief that there are people that have it all? Because what, what you're describing, Bill, is a conundrum where first you've got to believe that there is another side here. Yep before you can make that move. So how, how do you get somebody to recognize that there are people that have it all and it is possible? I think there's three ways. One, you just hear someone that inspires you and that moves you in a direction. I'm going to make an example. I, I know lots of people who have gone to a Tony Robbins. Tony is so gifted and special. They go to a Tony Robbins seminar. They're inspired to go home and do something different. Then there's the guys uh, or the gals who have this gnawing feeling that something's not right. And they're willing to explore that. They're willing to acknowledge it. They're not willing to bury it. But then there's the third group. And this is a group that I was actually in. This is the group that have spiraled down into the, the darkness of desperation. They've had a wake, a medical wake-up call. They got a call from the police about a wayward teenager. They went bankrupt. They got divorce papers. All of a sudden, there's a massive wake-up call that demands that we do something different because it's so painful to be where we are. We never want to repeat it again. And so I think it's three levels of life events or life triggers that move us in that direction. Now, we all, Robert and I are always cheering for people to choose the inspiration route or at least choose the, I can be more route. But we do have people who come to us, and sometimes we see the light at the end of the tunnel coming their way, and it's a freight train. We do have people reach out to us in their desperate moments. So I think those are the three ways. All right. Well, first of all, I love this idea of thinking about this in the context of the matrix. It's brilliant. And and when you think of it that way, there's a lot of agent Smiths out there that are looking to sabotage you and you just have to figure out that they're not real and we have to work around that. So that's brilliant. This idea though, that one of the biggest lessons I've learned in my life in terms of my striving to have it all is I've recognized I'm never going to have it all, but I realize now that the journey to try is the real rewarding journey to be on. And, and it's that process of continuing to strive for these things that actually is the beautiful part of this thing and, and has become how I have it all, is this constant pursuit of, of, of amazing things in my life. I think about the zebra example. I mean, yeah, I mean, what most people will get lucky if they expose themselves to a zebra for the first time. And then they've done that and they say, okay, well, boom, I did something bigger than my life. And they settle in that routine. This process never ends, right? I mean, you once you get used to seeing zebras, then you got to figure out what's the next thing that's out there that's going to wow me. Mm-hmm. I mean, right, this, is, this, is, this process never ends, correct? Well, Robert, I think you'll agree with me. We have clients who jump in with us on an eight-week program. And we arm them. When they leave us, they are armed with new mindset and new tools that they can evolve into. 
and continue to tweak their life. But we also have a handful of our eight-week graduates that have stuck with us for years and years and years and years. And the reason for that, Todd, is because you're precisely correct. Their life, their business evolves. And so, yes, what you define as having it all today is going to be different than what Todd defines as having it all in a year or in 10 years or in 25 years. And so that's the beauty of life is that we're constantly becoming a better version of ourselves, and therefore we're creating a better version of our life and our business. So Robert and I are in our early 60s. When I was 30, I thought 60 was darn near, I should be out digging, a, that person should be digging a grave. And Robert and I are in the best third of our life that we've ever had. I mean, we're building a massive business with huge impact. It's very exciting. So at a time when our peers are thinking about retiring to the easy chair, Robert and I are ramping it up exponentially. So I think what that basically says is that whether you're 20, 40, 60, 80, 90, you're always looking to, to the beauty of, of a great life is expanding into that better version of yourself. Can I throw an idea in too, Bill, just to add on top of that? I think, Gareth and Todd, the people who listen to your podcast are people who have growth mindsets, but that's, mm. a, that's a very small percentage of people out there, and most people have a very fixed mindset. Carol Dwick talks about this in her book, but yep. most people are just, they're stuck, and they don't even realize that they could do more. I don't know why. Some people have a growth mindset and some people have a fixed mindset. Do not know if it's biologic or environmental or whatever it might be, but there's no doubt in my mind that both of you guys have a growth mindset because of what you're doing. So how do you make that happen? I have no idea. I really, really don't. Seth Godin, I love this uh, saying. He says that some people, they're thirsty. And that's the fun type of people to be around, people who are thirsty and always looking for more. Totally. That, that was a great call, Robert. That's exactly right. When you're moving into that next decade, and I'm 52, so I'm looking now at my 50s as being the best decade of my life, to right. just see where you are as the best time you've ever had in your life. Mm -hmm. I think that's a choice. In a way, That's you move to a place where you choose to wake up every day and just be excited by life. Mm -hmm. And stay in shape enough to where you do have the energy to do things. Truly, Bill and I work out four or five days a week. We do all kinds of stuff. I feel like I'm 40 years old at 61 yeah. years old. So, But I felt that way in my 50s too. And I plan to feel that way in my 70s. It's all just a, it's a choice that you make. Here's the challenge I would lay out to your audience. And, and I'm going to build on what you just said. You're going to make your 50s the most exciting time of your life. And my challenge to your audience is, was this year, so 2016, could you tell Garrett, Gareth and Todd, Robert and me, that this was your absolute best year of your life? And if you cannot say that, then my question to your audience is, when are you going to dedicate yourself to having the best year of your life? And when are you going to do something different so that you can execute on the best year of your life? Your life is waiting, but it's also passing. Time is ticking. And so sometimes, Todd, you know, the, in the matrix, you just get stuck there because everybody around you is doing the exact same thing that you're doing. And so my challenge to the audience, and, and we challenge anybody that talks to us, is 
when are you going to choose to do something different than your today to become a better version of yourself if you can't tell me that this is the best moment of your life? For most of us, we can't. But that's why we have to choose to ever evolve. And that's why you have to choose to do something different. Otherwise, we're going to get the same results. And that's why it's the mindset and the tools like you, the commitment you just made, Gareth, I'm going to make the 50s the best decade of my life. You obviously are going to be making decisions along the way to ensure that you get that result. And actually comes back as well to something Robert said earlier, at least to me it does. Robert, as you were talking about your journey to where you are right now, you said hang in there because everything, if, if, if life's awful, hang in there because everything you have done is useful today, the whole of your past. Mm -hmm. So all you actually have is right here and right now. All any one of us has is this moment right here and right now. But we're in actually incredibly well equipped to deal with it and to make it a rich, powerful, and fulfilling moment with all of the history we can bring into it. Mm -hmm. Correct. Totally. totally agree. By the way, Gareth, <laughs> I would add this too. Even the parts of life that suck, if you look at it the right way, are growing you in a certain oh. way, and it's your choice. So, you know, we've all gone through those suck times of our lives. So it's just part of life. And I actually, you know, I think all of us, well, I know I won't speak for all of us, but Robert and I are happy to speak about the scars we've earned ourselves, most of them self-inflicted, because that's actually, if we look back on it, when we grew the most, when we learned the most, when we acquired expertise and experience that made us, where we made a leap forward as opposed to a step forward. This is a very rich conversation, gentlemen, and I really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show with us today. So, Bill and Robert, thank you so much for being with us. Our pleasure. Before we let you go, I have email and website information, so we'll post that on the show notes. Thank you. Do either of you have any parting comments for us? Any real quick passing pithy comments? I would encourage your audience. We were speaking pre-show about the quality of the people that listen to your show, and you have a huge audience, thankfully. I would challenge them to step in, to take the red pill that Morpheus offered Neo, the red or the blue pill. The blue pill means you wake up in the morning and you forget that you took a pill and you just continue <clears throat> on with your life the way that it is. And I would encourage your audience to, to make a conscious choice to take the red pill and to say, you know, worrying about getting everything done, not being present with the ones that matter most to me, not being productive at work so that I don't get my best performance because I don't have uh, great productivity and time management tools. And I'm not clear where I'm headed as a human being so that, you know, you can't say what Gareth said, which is, you know, my 50s are going to be the best decade I ever had. You take that red pill and you say, I want different and I'm not going to be like everybody else. And then the tools and the mindset are going to begin to flow with you to, towards you because you made that decision. I would challenge you at the end of this podcast to make that choice and then be thankful to Todd and Gareth that they uh, prompted you to do so. I will plagiarize, take the red pill, and nobody will have an earthly idea what I'm talking about. But it's a, <laughs> it's a great idea. Take the red pill. Bill and Robert, thank you once again for uh, joining us on the show today. Thanks, guys. Happy to be here. So from Bill Watkins, Robert Malon of Rusty Lion Academy, and from my co-host Todd Schnick and myself, Gareth Young, thank you for joining us today. Uh, take the red pill this week and join us again next time. 
You have been listening to A New Business Mindset, a radio show about the importance of authenticity, curiosity, and intimacy in business. To catch other great conversations and to learn more about the show, please visit us on newbusinessmindset.com. If you liked what you heard, and to really help us out, it'd be great if you'd visit and leave a review on iTunes. So thanks again for listening. A new business mindset will return next week. Thank you.